What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. We've got a lot to get into, guys. I was gone for the majority of the week. Obviously, we had Jay Norvell live in studio earlier this week. That was that was awesome. Just a big shout out to him. A huge thank you to CSU Football for making it happen. But I was actually on vacation for the majority of the week. It was nice to be able to actually take PTO for the first time in my adult life. So that was kind of cool. Uh, nice to get a, a small breather just before everything got chaotic. But now we've got a ton to dive into. So we're going to do a two-part podcast here. We'll get into a realignment update, although I'm honestly getting tired of it. We're going to do a preseason top 15 where I give my top 15 players in the Mountain West going into the season. This is largely based on what we've seen so far and not exactly projection, though a little bit. We'll obviously talk about Queen Becky being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Her legacy just continues to become more significant, more impressive. And I just think it's so cool that one of the most important figures in basketball history is a Colorado State Ram. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll, uh, we'll get into the CSU men's basketball schedule, which is coming together really nicely here. Very briefly, and I mean very briefly, I was just going to give a couple of thoughts on the Broncos-Cardinals preseason game. I mean, I, I don't get too worked up over preseason. I was hoping to get to see some Trey McBride, but he's working his way back from an injury. So probably good that he wasn't heavily featured out there, especially given the state of the field. I don't understand how their field is that terrible. It wasn't good for the Super Bowl. It looked terrible once again. That That's just a disaster. Um, all I could really think about watching it was just the similarities with, with Denver and CSU and how it's all going to come down to the O-line. The state of the O-line did not look encouraging for the Broncos. Garrett Bowles was getting worked pretty consistently out there. I felt like it was encouraging that Russ got rid of the football. I don't know. That's about it. Uh, one preseason storyline you should keep an eye on as a CSU Rams fan, Barry Wesley with the Atlanta Falcons. He's just one of those guys that's earned every opportunity he's ever gotten. Walked on at CSU, became a multi-year starter. It's undrafted, becomes a starter for the Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL. Earns a tryout opportunity with Atlanta, works his way onto the roster. And I just wouldn't count out somebody that's that relentless that just continually outworks expectations of him. I think that's one of the best things you could say of someone. Everyone has doubted Barry along the way at some point, and he's proved everyone wrong. I think the fact that he has some versatility is a major selling point. He can be a swing tackle on either side. He could move along to the interior if necessary. I mean, at, at some point in his career, he took snaps at all five offensive line positions. I don't remember if he got center snaps in a game, but he prepared for it. He's just one of those guys that a staff is going to immediately fall in love with because Barry is going to make the most of every single chance he gets there. I don't know, guys. I've I've known Barry since he was in about the second grade. I've basically seen his entire career. And there's just something about him. There's just something special about him. And I I, I would love to see him make the active roster, even get an opportunity you know, as a practice squad guy, just stick with that organization, stay in the NFL, and you never know what could happen from there. All right, that's that's enough of that. Let's get into the top 15 players in the Mountain West. Real quick, the 2023 Rugby Town Sevens tournament will take place at Infinity Park from Friday, August 25th through Sunday, August 27th. 
20 teams from all over the world will compete for a $10,000 grand prize. There are teams including the U.S. Army, U.S. Marines, U.S. Navy, U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Coast Guard. They'll all compete against each other for the U.S. Armed Force Championship. Tickets are $10 per day, $20 for a weekend pass. Kids 12 and under are free. And if you're looking to learn more about rugby, make sure you follow our guy Colton Strickler and the DNVR Rugby Podcast. You can learn more about the sport with his 101 pods. He has interviews with athletes, coaches, betting advice, everything you need to be a super rugby fan. Finally, if you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an athlete, check out the opportunities available at Infinity Park Rugby. Just maybe your next ride. Also, buying tickets should not be a stressful process. There have been way too many times in my life where I've been trying to, you know, admittedly at the last minute, get a ticket for an Avs game, a Nuggets game. And that's why I'm really stoked about our partnership with GameTime. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped over the fun you're going to have. If you pull up the GameTime app right now, there's killer deals on Rockies tickets less than $10. Can't say I'm shocked. Uh, you could get preseason tickets for the Broncos for less than $30. There's tickets for the Washington State game for less than $40. Would love to see some chaos in Canvas that night. Certainly would not hurt CSU's public image to sell that game out, especially with everything going on in realignment. Anyways, I love game time because they have flash deals and last minute ticket options for a procrastinator like me that is really clutch. I love that it's really easy to navigate. And with the lowest price guarantee, it's really nice that you don't have to go through a million different apps like I have in the past. You're covered. They have an event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. They're really looking out after you. I'm telling you, game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Snag your tickets without all the stress with our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. You could get tickets to the season opener for $20 with the $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so let's get into this top 15. I separated them by tiers. I'm not going to literally go 15 through 1, but I mean, you can do the math. If you're in tier 3, you would be 10 through 15. If you're in tier 2, you're 6 through 10. Tier 1, you're 1 through 5. However, I did not feel like stressing over, you know, going back and forth between is this guy 2, is this 3. This is just generally who I view to be the top 15 players in the Mountain West. If you really push back and were like, this guy probably should have been in tier two and you gave a, a good point, I would probably agree with you. These players are all really good. And obviously this process is pretty subjective, but with that in mind, let's get into it. In tier three, I have running back John Lee Eldridge the third. It's a tough spot. I mean, Hazik Daniels is no longer in the picture. Brad Roberts no longer in the picture. Eldridge has got to be the guy. But he's coming off of a season in which on 99 carries, he averaged 7.7 yards per rush. I think he's one of the best backs in the league. And while projection is not everything with this process, it feels pretty safe to bet that an Air Force running back is going to be one of the more productive players in the conference. 
and he's going to have the benefit of playing behind one of the more experienced offensive lines in the Mountain West. Again, having to replace Hazik Daniels at QB, that's a big deal. And losing offensive tackle Evan Smalley this offseason, that's probably an even bigger deal. But even so, with the continuity they have in the trenches, it's a really good spot for Eldridge going into this season, and he's really talented back. Okay, keeping it moving, we've got safety Ike Larson of Utah State. He was a true freshman this past season, but he was first team all Mountain West, and for good reason. He was just a really dynamic playmaker. Great ball skills, 33 total tackles, 19 of which were solo. Had a couple of sacks. He also had four picks and three blocked kicks, so he just made an impact every which way possible. And, you know, I just want to see if he can continue that, if he can produce like this on a multiple season scale, be a guy like Jack Howell, who broke out as a true freshman as well, and then, you know, continues to carry that banner for his squad. Utah State's going to need him badly. But between him and Max Alford, I do think there are a couple of nice up-and-comers there on that Utah State defense, a couple of local products that are doing big things for the Aggies. I did not put wide receiver slash punt returner Terrell Vaughn in this top 15, but uh, he's a guy that would be in the honorable mention category. All right, two down. Let's get into the other defensive backs, starting with last season's leader in interceptions, cornerback Cam Lockridge of Fresno State. Lockridge is a guy who started his career at Hawaii and was pretty productive for them. Left when they had all the turbulence with Todd Graham, went to Fresno State. 39 total tackles a year ago. The five interceptions and nine pass deflections are obviously what stand out. In my opinion, he and Chigoze Anusium are the best two cover corners in the conference. I probably should have listed Chiggy first just out of respect to Lockridge. Again, this isn't going 15-14. I have three different tiers. You can argue amongst yourselves among you know about what the ranking should be within those tiers. In terms of NFL projection, I actually think Chiggy might be the uh, better prospect, but I, I just want to make sure I'm being respectful to the production that Lockridge had a season ago. It was surprising to me he wasn't listed as a candidate on the preseason All-Mountain West ballot. Those are submitted by the team. I don't I don't know what what happened there, if he had gotten in trouble or something, or maybe just an oversight. Anyways, on my list, it's it's those two, Lockridge and Anusium. Those are the next two players. I just like that Chiggy has a little more length, a little more size. I think he's a little bit more physical. And he's just a workhorse out there. According to PFF, he led all Mountain West cornerbacks with 818 snaps. He only allowed 22 receptions a year ago. For uh, 228 yards, that was on 47 targets, 22 receptions on 47 targets, 403 snaps in coverage. I mean, that CSU defense, they were on the field all game long with what the offense was unfortunately unable to do. And Anusium was just so consistent. And I'm really hoping with, you know, some more stability offensively for the Rams, more depth in that secondary, you're really going to see Chiggy benefit. Okay, rounding out the third tier, I have, uh, he'll be a sophomore this season, running back Ashton Genty of Boise State. Both of Boise State's running backs actually make this list. He had 156 carries a year ago, 821 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. He's really shifty, a dynamic runner. He's physical. And one of the things that really stood out to me watching him a season ago was how patient he was, especially for a young runner. He lets his blocks develop. 
he he's kind of low to the ground, so I think he's hard for defenders to see. That's actually something I'm really encouraged about Kobe Johnson, the North Dakota State running back for CSU, and he's making a strong impression in camp so far. But basically, if it wasn't for Halani, who's next on my list, Genty would be the number one running back coming into the conference. That one-two punch for Boise State is going to be really interesting. Halani has got a great NFL potential if he can just ever stay healthy. I mean, it's been such an issue for him throughout his career. But he is coming off of a season in which he played in 13 games, 221 attempts, just shy of 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry. I think he really benefits from having Genty to be able to take some of that load off of him. But when it comes to those, you know, third and short situations, red zone situations, he's just such an asset for that program. And as high as Taylor Green's ceiling is, and I really do think it's through the roof between his athletic ability, the growth he showed as a passer, and just the patience. I mean, I'm super impressed with Taylor Green, but I, I really think for them, their ceiling is going to be dictated by that by that rushing attack. I think if their defense is able to even be like rem- remotely as good, I do think they'll take a step back this year. But if they're in the ballpark of what they've been the last couple of years, they're they're just going to be so physical, so solid offensively that they're just going to wear teams down. All right, sticking with Boise State, keeping tier two moving, we've got their linebacker, DJ Schramm. He's coming off of his breakout junior season. Had 107 tackles, 11 of which were for a loss. He's just really rangy. He's one of those guys that always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Admittedly, this one is a little bit based off of projection because I do think you could make a strong argument for a guy like Cody Moon, um, at San Diego State, Lavelle Bailey, Fresno State, um, Drew Watts, uh, a freshman who stood out for Nevada last year. There's a lot of good linebackers, but I just think that Schram is really consistent. I think he's going to have a really stellar season. I think he brings more in pass coverage than he gets credit for. And while I don't think he's the best linebacker in the conference, that guy plays at Wyoming, and we'll get to him in a little bit. I just think he's really solid, and it's a big reason why I had him on the preseason all-conference team. All right, this is where things get interesting, in my opinion. This is where you start getting a lot of representation from CSU and from Wyoming, which I think is going to make that border war really fun because, first of all, the talent in the trenches, especially on the defensive side for both those squads, it's going to be a slobber knocker. But it was really hard putting this list together because it's basically a matter of personal preference. And there were a couple of defensive guys from Wyoming that didn't end up making it for me that I think very easily could have. But I didn't want the entire list to just be Wyoming and CSU defensive linemen. I mean, Grady Kelly didn't make the list. He's a guy who I think could very easily be in the top 15 this year. Um, Anyways, let's just get into it. Uh, I have defensive end Devon Harris. He had eight sacks last year, was one of the most disruptive pass rushers in the conference. 56 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss. I mean, he was a beast. He was an absolute beast. He's got a great frame. He's a game wrecker. However, I personally think he benefits a little bit from the work that some of those guys do in the interior. And as great of a season as he had, one-on-one, like if you were just going pound for pound, which guy would you rather have? I'd rather have Mo Kamara, who comes up a little higher on this list. In between those two, I have defensive tackle Cole Godbout. 
he's coming off of a season in which he missed about half the year with a foot injury. But in 2021, this guy was one of the best players in the Mountain West, if not the best defensive player. He had 70 total tackles as a nose tackle, seven for loss and five sacks. This dude will take your lunch money. He's a fucking bully on the inside. And he's one of those dudes I just hate that he plays for Wyoming. It's not just the tackles either. He's so savvy. Like he's one of those guys who seems to always get his hands up and and knock a pass down on, on third down. And it's demoralizing because for a brief second, you feel like it's a win for the offensive line. He didn't completely, you know, game wreck things. He didn't come charging through there like a bull in a China shop, but then he gets his hand up and and knocks the pass down. He's just so impactful. And I, I really think him being back is huge for that Wyoming front seven which is just littered with talent. I mean, they've got uh, Jordan Burning Knoll. He didn't make my list, but he's a stud. Braden Siders was really good last year. He should be in the conversation for this list. Another guy who I had honorable mention just on the outside looking in. If you had a top 20, both of those Wyoming defensive linemen would probably make it. I don't know how many points the Pokes are going to be able to put on the board in any given game. I do know that that defense is going to punch you in the teeth, though. Um I'm so excited for that border war. All right, rounding out tier two, we've got CSU defensive end Mo Kamara. He'll be an outside linebacker in the NFL, kind of like Shaq Barrett, but I think he's the best pure pass rusher in this league. And frankly, I think if we're just going off raw physical ability, raw talent, he's a top five player in the Mountain West. The only reason I didn't have him in tier one, um, Positional value was one thing I factored in as well. I've got a couple of quarterbacks just ahead of them just because of the impact that they make. But I honestly would not be surprised at all if Muhammad Kamara comes out, has a double-digit sack season, you know, 15-plus tackles for loss, just absolutely dominates every single game and is clear-cut, you know, viewed as the, the most disruptive defensive player in the league. There was a play in the second quarter, I believe, of that Michigan loss last year where he just, his first step off the snap just torches the Michigan right tackle and and sacks Cade McNamara. And you just see him and you're like, God, you should not be able to be that quick when you're that large. He can beat you with his hand on the ground. He can beat you coming off the edge. I honestly believe that Mo Kamara will be firmly in the conversation for Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year so long as he stays healthy. Year two in this system, this defense with all the returners that they they bring back, the continuity they have in that defensive line, the depth, that group is going to be a lot to handle. And I think there are going to be a couple of games where they potentially just are so disruptive that it, it basically wins the game for CSU. All right, before we get into the top five, you guys know that we love our Breckenridge beers at DNVR, and it's because Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to do anything than doing it with an ice-cold Breck Brew in hand. Breck Brew has been doing it for 33 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. You gotta love that. And you just gotta love the endless variety that they offer. They've got something for everyone. If you want to just go classic, nice and smooth, Avalanche Amber Ale, boom, you can't go wrong. Broncos Country Pale Ale, the Good Company Hard Seltzers, those are perfect, especially if you're chilling poolside. I can speak to experience on that one. Whatever you're into, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. 
If you do happen to be chilling poolside, you are going to want to take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. Drum roll, please. The top tier of the Mountain West, the top five players. Again, I, I think the order is somewhat debatable, although I do think number one, um, I, I feel pretty strongly about number one, so we'll get into that. But I will start with Boise State quarterback Taylon Green coming off of his breakout freshman season in which he replaced Hank Bachmeyer basically completely changed the dynamic of their season. It was seemingly going down the toilet. They had a rough loss at UTEP. They end up replacing Bachmeyer. They fire their OC midseason. And it's a good thing they did because they certainly would not have been playing for a Mountain West championship. Otherwise, ended up losing that game to Fresno State. But considering how their season started, having a true freshman takeover for it to end the way that it did, I think it's really encouraging. Coming off of a season in which he completed 61% of his passes, you know, for a freshman, that's not bad. It's not Clay Millen, but it's not bad. 14 touchdowns, six interceptions but it wasn't really his arm that was the reason they were winning. I mean, he picked CSU apart. That was probably his best passing game, at least that I saw last year. But he had 81 carries for 588 yards, averaged 7.3 yards per carry and 10 rushing touchdowns. That was a huge part of their bull win. And I think that rushing ability, especially with the one-two punch that they have in the backfield, is going to make Boise State really tough to stop this year. They're going to have a lot of play-action opportunities. You can get Green rolling out, which obviously creates opportunities for him. He's 6'6", 215, and he's really fast. And while I don't personally think that Boise State's receiving core is on par with CSU's, um, I would give San Jose State an advantage as well. With, with everything that they have with that running game, with Taylor Green, a year wiser, I still think they're just going to be really tough to stop, even with Latrell Cables going down. But I am interested to see, especially with this challenging non-conference schedule, if early on they're able to contain Taylor Green and make him purely be a pocket passer, how does he respond? I felt like Fresno State rattled him a little bit in that championship game. And then that kind of went into the bowl game where he played well, but I felt like he wasn't quite as patient. You know, it was just defaulting to rushing. He'll be able to do that against UNT, but not against a Wyoming defense or even the CSU defense, I think is really going to be a, a tough test for him, especially given the way their schedule plays. I think that's their seventh game in seven weeks after, you know, they got to go to Washington. They play UCF. They've got Memphis in there. It's kind of a gauntlet. And then you go into Fort Collins. It's going to be homecoming. The atmosphere should be tremendous. If not a sellout should at least be very close to it. If green does to CSU what he did last year in this environment, that'll really be saying something. 
Uh, I am really looking forward to that game, though, and I think it's one where the Rams should, you know, at least on paper, match up pretty decent. All right, keeping it moving, we've got the next quarterback on our list, my preseason all-conference selection, Chevin Cordero of San Jose State. He's a six-year player, so significant experience as of now. Started his career at Hawaii, came over and joined Brent Brennan in San Jose. Had a great season this past year, completed 61% of his passes. Again, solid, could, could bump that up a little bit. But I thought the thing that was really encouraging was that he cut down on some of the risks that he took early on in his career. 23 touchdowns, only six interceptions. And that's on top of what he brings to the table as a as a rusher. He had 139 carries for 284 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. He has 22 rushing touchdowns in his career, so that's a big part of what he brings to the table. I think Brennan does a good job of taking advantage of that, You know, getting him in play-action opportunities. They've got a solid running back in Kyrie Robinson, Justin Lockhart at receiver. It should be a big year for that San Jose State offense. Really, I'm interested to see with that group if they're able to kind of take that next leap because they lost a ton of talent in the defense, which frankly underperformed these past couple of years considering the talent they had in that front seven. It is a really challenging schedule for San Jose State, and that's why despite as much as I like Cordero, despite as much as I like Brent Brennan, honestly, I have a hard time seeing them be much better than six and six, seven and five, kind of that range. But I just think with the experience that Cordero has with the talent he has around him, the fact that the the staff does a good job of scheming to his strengths, he's in position to have a really strong year. And that's why he was my preseason all-conference selection. I think there are quarterbacks with better arm talent, Taylor Green, Clay Millen, Mikey Keene at Fresno State. But with the experience that Cordero has under his belt, the fact that he's with Brennan and they do such a good job of scheming to his strengths, I just think he's in a spot where he's going to put up big numbers, both with his legs and his arm. I think a little bit green stats are going to be overshadowed by what Genty and Halani do in the backfield. And just while I, I really do think Taylor Green is going to have a big year, I think Clay Millen's in for a big year as well. Right now, based on what we've seen, if you needed somebody to lead you down the, the field and, and get that game-tying touchdown, Cordero would probably be my top choice in the Mountain West just as of now. All right, keeping it moving, we've got Wyoming linebacker Easton Gibbs, the best linebacker in the conference. He was my preseason pick for Defensive Player of the Year. He's just another classic, stereotypical Craig Bull linebacker, sideline to sideline, coming off of a 121-tackle season, had 89 the year before that. Uh, career high nine tackles for loss and three sacks a season ago. I wouldn't say he's quite as strong in pass coverage as Muma or Logan Wilson, but I mean, sideline to sideline when it comes to making plays, stopping your run game, this dude is just always in the right spot at the right time. He's the leader of that Wyoming defense and he's hungry to kind of lead the pokes to a big year. He's already been open about this being his last season in Laramie, despite the fact that he has two years of eligibility remaining. Torrey Horton, on the other hand, has been a little bit more ambiguous as far as how his future may end up playing out, has brought up unprompted multiple times that he still has two years to play. Anyways, briefly sidetracked there. Easton Gibbs is just a perfect fit in that Wyoming defense I really enjoy watching him play. Again, one of those guys you wish he was on your side. 
but he plays the game the right way. He's humble when you talk to him. He's a good guy. I've had the opportunity to interview him a, a couple of different times. And he just racks up the stats. So he's got to be in this top five. As do the final two, both Colorado State Rams, starting with safety Jack Howell coming off of a 108 tackle season, has 172 tackles over his last 21 games played, three interceptions a year, a year ago, also had three pass deflections, has seven over the last two seasons. He's just one of those players that can can do a little bit of everything for you. He's solid in pass coverage. If you need to drop him down a little bit, he can play over the top. He's going to make a stop at the line of scrimmage in the ground game. And I just don't think that his athleticism or the ground that he's able to cover gets enough recognition on a national level. I genuinely think he's one of the best safeties in the country. I think he's by far the best defensive back in the Mountain West. And if he has another 100-plus tackle season, can force some turnovers, you know, maybe come up with some big plays and some wins, I think he's going to be in the All-American conversation. Jack Howell's good enough to play anywhere in the country. And we're fortunate that he chooses to be a Colorado State Ram. Same way we're fortunate that number one on this list, and I think he's the best player in the Mountain West, and I would argue it until I'm blue in the face, wide receiver Torrey Horton. The first time that I saw this guy, I thought he was a lot like Richard Higgins, and I still think when you see him running in the open field, it does look a lot like Hollywood. They're both skinnier guys. They're both deceptively quick laterally. They've got some wiggle to their game, which is why Torrey Horton's such a dangerous punt returner. I think Torrey is more dangerous when it comes to contested catches than Richard was. He's more like Michael Gallup on some of those balls where they go, where, you know, where you got to go up and, and high point it over the DB. Now he doesn't have the same, you know, muscle that Michael Gallup had. That dude was basically all muscle, but it's pretty hard to argue with 18 touchdowns and 29 career games. This past season had a career high 71 receptions for 1,131 yards, eight TDs, I also had the punt return for a touchdown, average 15.9 yards per reception. And what's absolutely incredible about that is everybody in the world knew that Clay Millen was trying to get him the ball, that they're taking a safety over the top with him basically every single snap. I mean, to put up that type of production when everyone knows it's going to you, it's a testament to his talent. And obviously, a lot of this is going to be dependent on the offensive line being more stable on some of these other receivers making a leap. You know, you have big expectations for Justice Ross Simmons, Lewis Brown, Makai Fox, some of these guys that played as true freshmen. You're hoping Dylan Goffney can make an impact over the middle. I think Dallin Holker is going to be massive, a huge asset to Tory. And if CSU ends up making a bowl game this season, it really would not surprise me if it was Tory Horton that wins Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. He is All-American good. He is Bolitnikoff Award good, however you want to phrase it. That dude is an NFL-wide receiver. He could start anywhere in the country, and I cannot wait to see his second season in a Rams uniform. Would love to see him come back for, for another year, you know, in 2024, but I'm not going to worry about that this year. I'm just going to appreciate the time we have him in FOCO because this dude is special. He's just, he's so talented. All right, that, that's it for uh, part one of this pod here. We'll get into conference realignment, Becky Hammond, a CSU basketball schedule on part two. Uh, thank you for listening. Much love, y'all. Peace.
Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on there. 